0: Welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week me and a panel of guests discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to Supernatural, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, it's Erin. Welcome to part two of our cult films discussion. Uh, This one will pick up right where part one left off, which was right after the documentary film discussion ended. Um, And once again, I am joined by Carla, Rebecca, Sasha and Susie to finish our lively discussion. This one was so much fun. I really hope you enjoyed part one and I hope you enjoy part two as well. So thank you again for listening and I hope you enjoy this week's show. What we just talked about made me think of was um, John Waters. I think John Waters is very important oh, to mention here because. He's... Oh, I forgot. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's you know, he's um, done some films that could be, that are considered camp. Uh, some people might even consider some of them to be um, exploitation films. I don't consider them that. But I think there are some people that might think that because of certain, like, pink flamingos and stuff like that. Um, and some of his films can be more mainstream. Like I think hairspray is a lot more mainstream than say pink flamingos. Um, crybaby is even a little bit more mainstream. Crybaby was one of those movies. I remember seeing it in the theater and this was when I liked Johnny Depp. I don't like Johnny Depp anymore, but this was when I really liked Johnny Depp. And I remember driving through torrential downpour of rain, having someone drive us out there because we wanted to see this movie so bad. Um, (laughs) But I know that's that's one that is considered um, can be considered like a cult classic because that was a huge box office failure, um, as a lot of his movies are. So um, does everybody else like John Waters? Does anybody like John Waters other than me?
1: <laughs> I I have to admit, I'm I, not a big
0: John Waters fan.
1: I, I, I've i seen some of the films like I, I enjoyed Hairspray probably more than than the others. I actually didn't see Pink Flamingo's. I saw um, "Nice Nice Girls Don't Wear Cha Cha Heels," mm-hmm. um, and I was just sort of like, "I I don't know that this is my jam." And again, though, I think that's part of what makes these cult movies is that just because you like one of them or one type mm-hmm. of them doesn't mean that they're all going to appeal to you. Like several of you have mentioned, yeah. Donnie Darko, and I've seen Donnie Darko. I never developed the love for it that I know so many other people have and I, that's okay mm-hmm. but I my husband certainly loves that movie I, I think has a greater appreciation for that movie than than I do um so I'm, I when my friends would want to watch Donnie Darko I was like okay I don't really get it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah see it's just it's just yeah just, it's just everybody has different ones that they like more than others and definitely um Does anyone else like John Waters other than me? I I don't
2: necessarily like him, but
0: I do (laughs) appreciate
2: um, his his presence and what his work can mean to different members of the um, gay and or queer community. Mm -hmm. Because um, like, for example, I, I have a coworker who does drag shows and one of the numbers that she did like about a month ago was, the egg lady from pink flamingo oh and it's just like it's really interesting how like his work like his work can be like jumping off point for other artists mm-hmm. be they drag or other like works like for example ursula was inspired by divine yeah mm-hmm. and it's kind of just is very interesting so i do i can see and i can appreciate his contributions within that community and how they can serve as a jumping off point for others
0: yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's an amazing, I think he's an amazing man. I don't know. And um, just pers- as a person, he's just, he's, he does that a lot with, he takes a lot of people that are, and he makes movies. And I think this is also what a lot of cult films do, but he makes a lot of movies that highlight people that feel like they are the complete and total outsiders. Um, people that are looked down on, people that are um, treated like crap, really, you know? Yeah. A lot of times he does that. And he's also one of those people that he embraces women who are not stick figures mm-hmm. in his films. Um, that's another big thing that he does. Um, of course, using Divine was just, was, was, that was a big, that's a big deal. That was a big deal, especially back then in a lot of his, his movies. Um,
1: like every time that I watch interviews with John Waters, I'm like, you are really an incredible and thoughtful artist. He is. I just wish that I got your movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah, we, maybe that's. What are I'm... we
2: allowed to curse here? Yes. Go ahead. explicit. He is what some would consider a fabulous cunt. <laughs> <because> <laughs> the movies aren't. I think he'd probably say that about himself. <laughs> yeah, but the movies ain't my cup of tea. I will say that. Okay. But fabulous cunt he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I. One of my favorite movies of his actually is serial mom, um, with Kathleen (laughs) Turner. That's actually, and I think that's one that I think more people can get into than some of his other ones. Um, but I think that's, that's a real fun one. Um, and I just, I love Kathleen Turner in that. And, um, that was one where, um, he gave speaking, he always tends to give people chances that might not be like he gave, um. Oh my gosh! How am I forgetting her name? Um, who was in Cry Baby? And she used to be the porn. She used to be a porn star. Um,
3: uh, Tracy Lord. Uh,
0: thank you, thank you. Yeah, like she was someone that was treated like absolute and utter trash. Um, and John Waters was like, "Well, she's not trash." So you know she's a Mm -hmm. human being and that's and that's what i think is so special about him and i and i know i'm the only one on here who likes his movies (laughs) apparently but um but i just think he's so special in that way that he just he treats people as human beings he doesn't um you know see people as people like that 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 people think of people that have been in porn movies and she was she was you know under age of course and her whole story is is awful but um, he doesn't treat them like they are lesser than, um, like they're not human beings. Um, and he also, uh, took, um, there's other people that used like Mink Stole is another one. Um, and I'm tr- Ricky Lake. He like, you know, Ricky Lake wouldn't have had a career probably without him. Um, you know, and, and she of course was one that, you know. She's what isn't a stick figure, and he embraced that and didn't and saw that her as a beautiful person, um, both inside and out. Um, and I'm oh, Pat, uh, Patty, um, Patty Hurst is who he put in a uh, serial mom. That's what I was trying to think of, it has a cameo in there. So it's really that's what I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I think is, yeah. She and I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen Serial Mom. What happens to her? I have not, but maybe yeah, I'm I'm not sure gonna, now. yeah, I'm not going to spoil what happens to her in that, but um. But yeah, so it's, I just, I just want to put him out there just because I think he's important in that genre, even though I'm the only one. That likes this <laughs> I'm not the, I know I'm not the only one in the world, of course, because no. he wouldn't be. And he used to host the um, Independent Spirit Awards every year. And he was like such a great host there too. So he brought a lot of love to that um, awards show. Um Great. Well, okay. I know that there's what I want to talk about, which we're kind of talking about right now is just the, there's a subculture appeal is kind of what people talk about. And there's a fandom appeal and it's like finding a family within that. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie. Um, sorry, my brain is so not working, but, um, I'm going to have to look it up here, but there's a movie, um, with Emma Watson came out a few The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes. And it that one. And, oh yeah. And what is interesting in that movie is there's a whole scene where they go and they see Rocky Horror Picture Show and she's um in it. She's on the stage and I think that the main guy gets up there too, if I remember correctly. But I remember watching that and I think those characters kind of represent a lot of the characters that can find a family with in cult films. Um, which I don't know if that makes sense to everybody, but kind of like yes. the the goth kids, the outsiders, the nerds, the, you know, the people that just don't quite fit in um, to quote unquote normal culture. Um, And I, and I just remember that scene in that movie of them doing that, um, of them going to Rocky Horror Picture Show. I cried a lot in that movie because that was like watching my, my, my teenage years, me growing up. That was very much reminiscent of that. And that feeling of finally finding that home and finding those people that you fit in with. Um, And I know for me, that's what cult films kind of were, is you could find people to bond with over them and then you become family. Does anyone want to add anything to that? Like the subculture of fandom and stuff? Well,
4: I think for me, I didn't... Being somebody who was born and partially raised in another country and um, came here in the fourth grade, you know, it's just, I I was always feeling like an odd person, no matter what. Um, And for me, I, I didn't really share a lot of my weirdness with people because I was already weird enough as it was. So it wasn't until my twenties when I had already friendships that were established when I felt comfortable saying, Oh, well, you know, I kind of like this and that. Um, so for me, it wasn't so much that it helped me form a kind of network or a kind of family, but it solidified the friendships that I already had because we could be, because I I realized that first of all, it's not so weird to like these things. Mm -hmm. And second of all, that, um, that even if my friends didn't particularly care for what I liked, they were still willing to give it a chance and enjoy it for the enjoyment that brought me. So that's my experience with that.
1: I think that a lot of that subcultural appeal is like what helps build that, that sense of family. You mentioned Aaron, as you were talking about John Waters is that, because a lot of these movies are not, or were not initially commercially successful. And some of that is because they featured uh, members of minority and discriminated communities, particularly the LBGT community, which is where I think Rocky Horror got a lot of its, its early appeal too. Because there's a lot of very like open sexuality in the movie. Um, which for me seeing that movie for the first time was the first time that I think, I think really the first time in, I saw it in high school that I'd been kind of introduced to this idea that a character could be bisexual (laughs) and there, and I was like, Oh, like I kind of knew what gay was, but I didn't understand. Like I had never really been introduced to the idea of bisexuality where like no, he can he can want to have sex with the a woman or a man and that's fine. And, you know, they initially kind of, you know, oh God, Brad, initially it rejects that idea like, oh, how dare you? But he actually <laughs> he enjoys it. And it's like, no, that's okay. You can give yourself over to pleasure. Um, and a lot of the movies that we've mentioned, particularly I think for the LGBT community, that's Part of what made them so appealing is because there was it it may be the first like the the only films that you have to represent your community Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Um I actually there's a if I I will make a, a little pop culture uh plug here. There is a YouTuber named Matt Baum who does he does a podcast called The Sewers of Paris. And he does a, a YouTube channel as well called Culture Cruise. And he touches, he, he mostly talks about moments in pop culture that are significant for the gay community, like um, how uh, the Golden Girls dealt with gay, gay, gay marriage back in the 80s. Uh, but he has a whole episode about Rocky Horror and what that meant to him personally as a young gay man. And that that is the movie that basically inspired him to come out watching it at a high school party with a bunch of his, you know, his classmates and kind of the the experience that came around that movie. And I think that is that's what makes the midnight showings and like where everybody's shouting along the lines or you have props that you bring and of course rocky horror is famous for that that is um the second time that i ever saw the film was at a midnight screening and i didn't exactly know that, that like when it comes to rocky horror there's a whole etiquette that comes along with it there <laughs> there is a script to follow i did not realize that and so i thought you were just supposed to shout anything at the screen and <laughs> i tried that once or twice and my friend who would actually showed me the movie for the first time when we were in high school kept like elbowing me like, no, shut up. It's not the line right now. <laughs> like, like, just <laughs> wave your hands when everybody else is supposed to wave them. It was a little bit like going to, going to church. Like there's a, a a ritual to this that I did not know yet how to follow. And once I kind of learned how to follow it, I was like, okay, I understand like, and there are differences between different screenings where you go different places um that's a lot of the appeal to it though i think is that you find something that it, it, when you get it you get it and you love it which is where it's okay if you don't get it because there are other people who will get it and love it with you <laughs> and i always feel like the ones that you reveal as your favorites kind of tell you a bit about somebody else if they mm-hmm. reveal that as their favorite too
0: <laughs>
2: like it's fun to see like the gleam in their eyes like little like
1: yes exactly yeah Mm -hmm. that like uh, I like oh if if somebody else tells me that they and I'll come back to you know one of my favorites of Monty Python and the Holy Grail if they tell me that they really love Monty Python and the Holy Grail I'm like oh I have an idea of what your sense of humor is like then we I think we can we can make a friendship here (laughs) (laughs) because that's my sense of humor too
3: Mm-hmm. So then my I spit on your grave and boondock saints really throws people off, huh?
0: <laughs> no, not, necess- not, necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily.
3: That or tells you everything you need to know about Sasha.
1: <laughs> Maybe, but I think those are the things that can kind of, um, they can kind of surprise people when they find them on, on your movie shelf. Right. Right. Like I, I was telling a uh, this was years ago at an old job uh one of my coworkers and i were talking and i asked him what he did over the weekend and he said oh well me and a couple of my buddies we went to go see this this movie you probably wouldn't like you probably haven't heard of it like it's kind of a cult favorite now but and i said well what what is it maybe i have heard of it and he said well, it's Boondock Saints, and I was like, I love that movie. Why didn't you tell me? I would have gone. He's like, you like that movie? He's like, I. Again, this is where, like, especially as this is a podcast centered around like uh female experience in fandom, mm-hmm. that he was surprised that a girl would love this movie. And I'm
0: like, why wouldn't I love this? This is hilarious.
1: Yeah, <laughs> is yeah, an it's an amazing for... movie.
0: Yeah. It's a very, it's, it's a way of finding your tribe and finding mm-hmm. different sides of people. And I think it's also a way um, where if you're, you know, I'm, I, I can be very shy and I've been, and I was very shy growing up. And I think it's a way of, it can be a way of you expressing yourself and someone getting to know you, especially because a lot of people go, oh, you like those things because you're so shy. Why would you like, which, makes no sense but but why would you you like such
1: a flamboyant movie like rocky horror picture
0: show or or other things you know or like horror movies i get that a lot with horror movies like people are always surprised that i love horror movies so much Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um because of that which so it just it's it's a way kind of to introduce yourself to people being like here's kind of what I like it doesn't always work but you know it's 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 that thing of 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 finding your your foot in getting your foot in the door kind of thing um and finding the the people that you can bond with yeah
2: I think just, well yeah the big like subculture so appeal is like how different people can connect to it and how it can kind of it it helps like shape who you are because like for example, for me, like growing up, I wanted to be as fabulous as Miss Vita Bohem and just have all the say something head day. Like I just, that's what I wanted for myself and having as quick a wit as Madeline Kahn and just being punny like Miss like, like
3: like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's it's just like it's i love how you can take like aspects of these movies which might not necessarily be really popular in like the mainstream culture but you can take them and identify with them and maybe even use them as like a base to help inform your own like character and person you know they can help make you who you are like i used to be like this Julie shy kid and as I got older I watched more kind of I guess you could say like cult fair movies and it helped get me involved in fandoms and fandoms kind of helped me break out of the shell and I can attribute that to these movies that I watched as a child that helped me and just just, kind of were there for me like growing up because growing up um, watching movies was really big in my house and that really is like it's it was it's a great it was a great way for me and my family to connect. And it's also a great way to like expand beyond that and connect with other people. And it's great how like how uh, you said, Rebecca, that to um, Wang Fu, how that was like a really big like point of pride for Nebraska that the movie was made there and how that kind of brought like a whole kind of like town and state together saying hey this was made here guys like this is great like I recognize this I recognize that that's awesome yeah like like the your husband's grandparents small town like that's where it was made it's just it's stuff like that it's like what yes oh my god (laughs) and it's, it's like different things you know that really help build our world and bring us together and Help us find like different like points of connection with other human
0: beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sasha, did you have anything you want to add?
3: I just, I think for me, it's a combination of everybody else. Like I hear Carla talking about, you know, that it wasn't until later. And for me, I feel like it was my teens and my early twenties that most of these movies were part of my life um and so watching them with friends over and over you know like watching the princess bride with a group of friends like come home from school make hot cocoa everybody dog pile on the bed and watch princess bride right you know those kind of events um so not necessarily like fandom per se but just that community and sense of belonging with and it didn't even matter which movie it was just the group Hmm. um I don't know if that makes sense or is clear, but that's kind God, of. Uh, yeah. It was the, the it.
2: experience and atmosphere.
3: Yeah. And it's, I, it could have been any movie. Like, let's be real. It could have been any movie, but for some reason, the cult movies take up bigger chunks of your heart. There's yeah. something about them that just makes them near and dear. It's not like, oh, yeah, we're going to go watch, you know, the new Batman or the new Fast, you know, of the Fury. The new best, oh man i love that entire series though that was <laughs> i will watch every one of those until the end of time but you know like there are certain movies where it's like that is my i i will watch them like any of these cult movies if i turn on the tv and it's halfway through it i will sit down and finish it like there's a whole list of them that i would do that with and it's just because they're near and dear whereas some other ones like james bond movies
0: meh mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very, very true. Um, I know that uh, Carla has to, has to jump off. So I want to give you a chance to just say anything else you want to say. And then also, you know, say goodbye and tell people where they can find you and plug anything you want to plug. I want to make sure to give you that chance. Cause I know it's coming close to when you have to Thank get you. off. You're welcome. So do you have anything else you want to say? I
4: appreciate, okay. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things. One, in case you guys discuss Bruce Campbell later. <laughs> I just want to say that the friend who got me into Evil Dead and Army of Darkness and everything, one of the the neat things about that experience was that, you know, it made us closer friends because we could enjoy these these movies, um, you know, and that, of course, led to other movies that were decidedly more cheesy, Mm -hmm. like Super Troopers, um, (laughs) not Super Troopers, which one is it? Starship Troopers? Oh, Starship Troopers. Thank you. Starship Troopers, movies like that, that we could enjoy together. Because even though they're terrible films, we we have created that safe space of we can enjoy the evil dead. And therefore, everything else can be horrible and we will still see each other as decent human beings. (laughs) But, um, you know, it it really inspired um, me to see uh, other movies as maybe, you know, give them a chance before you put them down. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with Bruce Campbell Mm -hmm. himself, because he is just such charismatic, charismatic actor. Mm -hmm. And um, he brings so much energy and love to everything that he does that it's kind of irresistible, even, you know, whether it's a tiny role in Spider-Man where he's just the MC at the, at the fight (laughs) rink um, to bigger roles that he's had, whether in in Burn Notice or, or whatever. Just watching him on screen, you kind of get glued to it because he's just a fascinating person Mm -hmm. to watch. Um, The other thing that I wanted to mention is that when I was looking up, you know, cult films, just to give myself an idea of like, okay, it's my definition, the current definition, (laughs) um, it it was sorely lacking in any kind of representation of any people of color there are very, I, 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 I'm looking, you know, I I looked at the list of directors and not really see anything but, but cisgendered white males and the movies themselves don't necessarily star or even include people of color. Um, not a lot of, of, uh, of these movies are led by women or even have women as, uh, um, as main characters, or if they are in the movie, sometimes they're just the eye candy or the um, the blank character off of which the men in the movie bounce ideas or whom they have to rescue. And I think that's really sad. Um, I, I think that, you know, hopefully in the future, like you know, 10, 15 years down the line, we'll see a list of cult movies that includes a lot more diversity. Because I, I just think it's tremendously sad that, the experience of enjoying a cult movie or um, participation in the phenomenon that can be part of uh, joining a cult community isn't there for so many people just because of their race or heritage.
1: I would love to see a list of movies that would be considered like cult films in like the African-American community.
4: I looked that up and there there were like a couple of lists. But the thing is, okay, you look up cult films in general, mm-hmm. you see this huge, massive list and you see a, a sea of white faces. Yeah. You look up black cult films and all of the lists are created by um, black outlets. And I think that the biggest list that I saw had, I think maybe 17 movies, 19 movies, something like that. Oh. So there's just not a lot out there. Even when it is um, the black community that is putting the list out because, you know, there just hasn't been a lot of casting of um, of black actors. There hasn't been a lot of acceptance of scripts by black actors. There's not a lot enough um, production or direction by black people. So that you know it's a it's a cycle that feeds itself
3: do you think that'll change now though i'm thinking of like get out and us and like yeah. all of the jordan peele stuff that he's doing like do you think if we had this conversation in another 20 years some of those movies would be considered cult like they just haven't made it there yet
4: I, yeah 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 I, you know what I, I really do think so i think there's still a long ways to go and certainly as an audience we can't just rest um on our laurels and be like well oh, i watch get out i've done my part yeah um we, we still have to to not only support these movies with our pocketbooks but we also have to keep speaking out to the people who are running hollywood and also um i i don't know somehow be part of the change that hollywood itself stops being run by a single kind of person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i i but i do think that that um I, I'm I'm optimistic that we're on the right path, and that in twenty years we'll we'll have a list of of um, uh, cult movies by Asian directors, by um, Latinx directors, by Black directors, with just you know a, a richer pool of talent in front and behind the the screen.
0: I yeah I. And that's, that's why I I say, you know, like, and I know the photograph isn't necessarily something that might be considered a cult movie in the future, but the one that I, you know, my, my, uh, my recommendation earlier, I think that's, that's the thing is, and that was written and directed by a woman, a woman of color. So I want to throw that out there too, is that we need to embrace those. Like you're saying, we need to go see them. We need to go embrace them. Um, Everybody Mm -hmm. needs to, to give them more attention and um, not just be about the ones that are made by white men and white women, Um, but going and embracing and embracing everything. I don't want to interrupt you too much with what you you were saying, but I just wanted to... to um, echo that and second that, that that's that's a very very important thing because i know that probably a big thing and i don't know if this came up when you were looking carla but um i don't know if blaxploitation films came up because that might be something that
4: they didn't which was very interesting oh, that is to interesting me.
0: yeah i thought that would have because i don't even see it when i'm looking at wikipedia it wasn't even on there which is really weird to me
4: right yeah because that that is in and of itself a, a cult genre mm-hmm.
0: oh
1: yeah
4: so it, it, it's just very it's very glaring seeing lists of cult movies and seeing the emissions and then also trying to look for them as a a separate category and still not finding anything. Yeah. Mm. All right. So again, I'm Carla Temis and I can be found anywhere in social media um, except for TikTok because I'm not cool enough um, at just Carla Temis. And I have a website where you can see my photography and um, my writing and that's, guess what? Carla, Awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and there'll be a link to that website in the show notes, everybody too. So we'll link to that. So thank you, thank you so much for being okay. on here, Carla. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great rest of your Sunday.
4: Thanks. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye.
0: And then, um, we're going to do a whole episode on Bruce Campbell because I know Carla briefly <laughs> mentioned Bruce Campbell, um, because I think he just deserves his own episode, <laughs> frankly. That's uh-huh. fair for a lot of the reasons that, that 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 Carla mentioned I and I do want to briefly mention and I wanted to briefly mention him so I'm glad that she got the chance to mention him on there um because there are so many things with I think he's just like with John Waters to me I think he's like an essential part of cult movies he's an essential um you know he's like the, the king meditation. of
3: cult movies exactly
0: yeah and he yes. knows he is he knows he is he's like he embraces That's his it. brand yeah, he wrote
3: him and Tim a whole, Curry. Yeah, he yeah, wrote
0: Tim Curry. About, he, hold, he wrote a whole book about it called If Chins Could Kill. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's it's a great book. So, you know, and he didn't start out to be a, you know a cult film star or anything like that, or a B movie star. He started out wanting to be a, a serious actor. And he does have serious acting chops like mentioned earlier in this episode, Bubba Hotep. That's a really, mm-hmm. really good movie, and he's really good in that movie. Um yeah. wanted to say that
1: um okay so as far since this is something that carla brought up can i ask like as we're talking about representation in these movies and like people of color there are a lot of these movies that reached cult status because they were they were favorites of you know particularly i'll say like white men growing up in Mm the 70s or 80s um do we consider would we consider uh, Kung Fu films, part of the cult film genres.
3: I think they are their own animal.
1: Their own animal, because yeah. I feel like, like that's one that it is. It's it definitely fits as its own genre of movie to begin with, right? And I feel like some of them cross into the cult movie category, like Legend of the Drunken Master and Enter the Dragon. Oh. Um, well, so, there are
3: some crossovers.
1: Like Shawlett uh, soccer, I think also. A,
3: lone Wolf and Cub or Lone Cub. Oh my god, I just butchered the name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh man. I can picture it I, I think it's like Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm. Is another one. I think
1: it's one. like Battle Royale kind of you know, fits into that category too. Mm-hmm. I can think of some movies, you know, in talking about which movies sort of make the cuts for this this definition of this genre. I can, most of the ones that I can think of that are featuring uh, people of color that were done by um, directors of color, I think immediately of a lot of like the Kung Fu movies, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, particularly Korean horror movies. Juwan. yeah
0: i was thinking of audition
1: <laughs> yeah audition things like that that i i'm not sure if they'd be considered uh, if if a lot of people would think of those as cult movies but i think that they can like, based on what we've kind of determined here in this podcast meets that category i think they would be
3: i think yeah, if I, princess I, bride I, qualifies as a cult movie then any of those can as well
0: yes I, th- yeah. I think they do i think the problem is is we think we you know white is centered in society even centered among films that are part of like the lgbtq community it's it can still be white centered so it's like yeah. you know so i think i think that's why it doesn't happen i think that's why it, that's why it's surprising me you know we don't you don't see like i mentioned exploitation films the fact that that's not even in the wikipedia uh thing here when they're talking about art and exploitation films um, because that, that is, the, that just surprises me because <laughs> that it wouldn't be there. And I think that's because we center whiteness so much that we even center it in films that are supposed to be embracing anybody who feels like they might be an outsider. We still center whiteness in there. Um, we still center yeah. whiteness and L- LGBTQ films and movies and stuff like that. Whiteness is still centered. So it's just, it's, so I think that's why, you don't see them listed. It's not like they aren't considered cult movies. It's just, we don't automatically consider them that. Although I will say under B and genre films, there is Hong Kong action films are uh, listed under that. Mm -hmm. So I, so I know that's, that's, that's in there, which you guys were sort of mentioning, but um, but yeah. So I think, I think that's the big problem with that. I think that's why it's not, is that we just don't, you know, our brain automatically centers whiteness. (laughs)
3: <laughs> right. Can I jump in about the female one too? Not that yeah. this is a female dominant one, but I want to throw Heather's out there. Yes. Yeah, I was
0: thinking about that I one. Love Heather. I talking, yes. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, I know that it was you know, Christian Slater's character was kind of the the driving force behind it and the one that was causing all the chaos. But Winona Ryder, like she stepped up and you know did what she needed to do, and ultimately it was a female hero um Mm. if that
1: yeah and makes sense about female relationships i mean her yeah Mm -hmm.
3: so i just because i'm like looking at the list because again the teacher in me came out and i'm like looking at my breakdown list and i had heathers on there and everything else that i'm looking at you're right is all very like pulp fiction fight club reservoir dogs clockwork orange Mm
2: -hmm.
3: um you know taxi driver scarface all of those are it's all white men aggressive yeah. white men
0: yeah um, it's very white centered
1: yeah it is yeah, and even, then yeah even my favorite monty python and the holy grail all the pythons are white men white british men
3: <laughs> i did find um and there were two animated films that came up heavy metal
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah so that one came up and then there's this old one from the 70s called the wizards um I'm going to assume that I'm the only one that's ever seen this.
0: I've I never even heard, heard of, heard of it.
3: Um, okay, so it's called Wizards. Um, this is going to be an overshare, and I'm sorry to my parents should they hear this. I watched this in high school, and I was high. And it was hysterical. <laughs> huh. it was hysterical. There was one scene. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I watched it in my 20s sober. Not as funny. Um, but it's a really <laughs> bizarre animated and it came up on a cult list too and i was like i remember that movie but i just wanted to throw out that there are those two animated that came up so it's not just like animated movies can become
0: cult as well yeah yeah and there there were ones listed on wikipedia yeah there are definitely animated cult i'm not a big animated film fan so animation mm-hmm. fan so but yeah there there yeah there are there are those that that came up as well um yeah and, and i, I got
3: to throw one more movie out just because i would be remiss if i didn't add it to our cult cuz it is a big one uh flash gordon
0: oh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and there's um for some reason this i i had a when i worked at block i worked at blockbuster video um, right out of uh, high school and um i had a co-worker who loved um, the movie xanadu he just he was obsessed <sighs> with that movie and he used to yep. play it all the time <laughs> in, yep. in blockbuster um yeah so that's that's i don't know why that i don't know why flash gordon made me think about but I just remembered that one.
1: But talk um, about another movie with a cult following. Xanadu yeah. definitely mm-hmm. belongs on any of these lists. And I'm surprised that I, did. I when I was looking at what other people consider cult films, Xanadu didn't show up.
0: Yeah, yeah that's what's so interesting is the films that do show up and don't show up um, mm-hmm. on these lists. Um, yeah. Um, well, and, you know, even like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. That what? was a huge failure. I mean, that's, well, that was a huge box office failure. So that's even sometimes considered in that. I mean, I, it didn't come up when I was looking, but I've heard people say that before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's interesting to me that a lot of um, Quentin Tarantino movies come yes. up in cult because for some reason, I don't know why, but I just don't think of him as much as being cult but that's just me personally i don't know and i think it's maybe it's because of the success of most of his films um i I know someone i know someone mentioned to me on on facebook and i know he did one of the things in this correct me if i'm wrong but um the movie four rooms Um, yes i think he
1: directed one of the segments of four rooms yeah
0: and that and someone brought that up as one of their cult films and i had never even thought of that one but that was a good a good one to mention on there as well just, um, do you have any other movies you wanted to give a quick shout out to or mention to? Oh, all right. So I'm gonna go down the list here
2: real quick. Mm. <laughs> Burlesque oh. can be fun. Share, sharing and Christina Aguilera, Share is everything. <laughs> Wagon Wheel Watusi. It's great. Oh, can't be wampy. Um. Mommy dearest, also oh. springs to mind is like female like <laughs> we we quote that all the time at my job. <laughs> We're like no wire hangers yeah. never. <laughs> Also, I uh, just um just the kid uh, Christina when she's I think she's cleaning up like a mess that her mom made, and she just looks looks at it and goes Jesus Christ. <laughs> i I say that sometimes when I'm done with the world <laughs> yeah. um there's also I think in the same vein of like Xanadu is um Barbarella, mm-hmm. yep. yeah <laughs> with one Miss Jane Fonda, oh yes, and I do have like a couple or just like a few of like cult horror movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, well, one of them I grew up watching. As a kid and it's just i don't know why but i just think about it and i just feel fondness <laughs> and it's tremors oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Tremors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> growing up um i watched charmers as a kid because it was always on the tv and there was there's a tv channel that plays movies in spanish for hispanic and or latinx audiences so that they could mm-hmm. enjoy them as well. And, uh, well, that movie was always on and we always watched it and just, it never occurred to me that that was like a horror movie of sorts, <laughs> or like a monster movie, because <laughs> it was just, oh, the movie with the worms. <laughs> <laughs> and in Spanish, it's called Terror Bajo La Tierra, which is like terror under the dirt or under oh. the earth. And I remember like about like a few weeks ago I was talking to my dad and I told him hey, what was that one movie that we always watched a lot when I was a kid? Just looking, like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, it had worms. (laughs) And they tried to eat people but they hunted by sound or something. It's like, I don't know. And so we looked it up and we found it and I was like, it's called Drummers! And it was on Netflix. (laughs) And I watched it again. And It's good stuff and it led to a rabbit hole of me watching the other Tremors,
1: which are
0: subpar,
2: very subpar. We're going to watch Tremors. Just watch the first one. You're fine.
0: Well, and the other ones don't have uh, Kevin Bacon in them, right? No. And it's just... Uh,
2: Sorry. Just I, I love, I cat love cat Kevin Bacon. Cat. So that's...
0: Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. He brings the sizzle. But just... Um, <laughs> It's, yeah, just really fond memories with that movie. Um, it's also another horror one, Sleepaway Camp. Yes! Oh, Camp yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, oh my god, some of the deaths are creative. <laughs> just the fact that there's like a five-foot-tall uh, pot of corn on the stove. <laughs> <laughs> like how would you cook by the time the corn at the bottom... If the top is cooked; your bottom corn is going to be just deteriorated. <laughs> it, it, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's funny. Well, and, it and the ending is just real wackadacky. So if you, fo- if anyone wants to watch it, I'd say
0: go mm-hmm. for it. It's,
2: real, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, and there's also the
0: worker man.
2: Yes. Oh, I yeah. Love yep. the, man. the original man. Which read that man? quote? That made. Made. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. When, yeah, so there's some um... The Was it the original, Susie, or the remake that you're talking about? Oh, Winter I'm Man? talking
2: about the the real, uh, the real piece of gem that was the Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not the, bee. the remake. Not
3: the thing. Yeah. Not the bee. My face. Not beautiful
0: face. Sweet. Well, I, I think Nicolas Cage is going to become a, a cult film star anyway. <laughs> I think oh, that's yeah. His career is right
2: yeah because as far
1: as future cult films go yes uh i think we can add nicholas cage to that list of performers that yes his movies just have a cult appeal you either get him or you don't yeah yeah that's-
3: well that's where tarantino falls too right
1: yeah that is because
3: people either like tarantino or they don't and like aaron said i mean reservoir dogs is on the list of cult films and mm-hmm. you know some of his other stuff is very cult filmy Um, he is kind of bigger blockbuster name but
0: yeah 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 Yeah. and i'm sorry i would love to
3: see more female cult films
0: though heck yeah yeah Yeah. were there any other horror movies you wanted to mention Susie? sorry we kind of went on a tangent there
2: oh i think that's about it for for now i might remember some later and just like chime in like randomly
0: yeah yeah but I do agree with that, needing more women and, and and more representation across the board, more people of color, more everything. That's what, And we need that in everything in general anyway. It's like, you know, we need more representation across the board. Um, and with Tarantino, the reason I don't know why it throws me so much having him in cult films, and I think it's because... And I'm very mixed on Tarantino. Some of his films, like Pulp Fiction and, and Reservoir Dogs, and stuff. And and I actually love um, From Dust Till Dawn. But of course, that's Rush Clooney. So you know, we used to have when I was. <laughs> I remember when that movie came out, and I my um, my it was right out of high school. And my roommate worked in a movie theater, and I worked at Blockbuster. So it was awesome because we got all this free entertainment. And we used to get the posters. Like she would get the posters, and I would get some posters sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was the huge cutout for From Dust Till Dawn, and it was George Clooney pointing a gun, and it was in my bedroom. It was in my bedroom, and so I had that in my bedroom for a long time of just George Clooney pointing a gun at me. Um, from, and plus, he was so sexy in that because he had that neck tattoo. Anyway, sorry, that's a little tangent I just went off on there. But um oh my but, gosh! But that but that movie to me was one that what that f- nobody likes of his, but yeah. I love that movie. I think that movie is so much fun. We used to have as our oak outgoing uh, voicemail message was. um, uh Oh my God, now I'm not even gonna remember the name, so never mind. I just totally blew that. But it was just, but it was one of the quotes from, from that movie. But sorry, Susie, were you about to say something?
2: No, sorry, I had an, another aha moment.
0: Uh huh, yes.
2: Okay, so but cult, but like musicals, like in the same vein of like, yes, Corona, love and stuff. Okay, there's two musicals, not, well, three, three musical movies <laughs> <laughs> that I've gained like a cult following and I've, I've, haven't met many people who have watched these yet, and they really should because they're great. Um, the very first would be Repo
1: the Genetic Opera.
0: Oh, yeah, yes,
1: <laughs> I have not seen that one, I've not yeah. heard of it. Oh, that one. yeah, that's 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 neither have I. That's a big, that's a a big Alexa cult. Vega
2: is one. in it, Sarah Brightman, Terrence, since,
1: since, since
2: I can't say his last name, but he's great because, um, him and and a friend do like other projects. So another film that they have done is um, the devil's carnival. Great stuff, uh, which is essentially just like a circus set in hell, which how could you not like it? (laughs) And there's a sequel to that called Alleluia, the devil's carnival, which is essentially hell wages war
0: on heaven. (laughs) Okay as I enjoy <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, well, and the repo one is an awesome, awesome one. I was going to, I was that was one I was trying to remember to put in there. So yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you guys don't know what that's about, I'm just going to read to you guys what it's about because just, just a little description here. Um, a worldwide epidemic encourages a biotech company to launch an organ financing program, similar in nature to a standard car loan. The repossession clause is a killer, however. So that's the, That's the little tagline from that film, so it's basically it's repossessing organs. Repo. See, (laughs) everybody's silent. Wow,
2: (laughs) and it is a musical. Yeah. So songs are bops, outfits are great. Oddly enough, Paris Hilton is in it. Oh, yeah, she is. That's right. She's not half bad. (laughs) She's not half bad. She's actually kind of good. Which, well, I'm. I'm kind of a little bit like
0: yeah, on Paris, but she's okay. And you know who plays the Repo Man? Um, my fellow Buffy person who was on the Buffy episode is uh, Anthony Head.
2: Oh yes. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So just throwing that out there for all the people because our Buffy episode was a pretty popular one. So throwing that out there. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. Does anyone have any other uh, uh, films they want to throw out? Really quickly before we uh run out of time so
1: i will i will put this out there as you know as we're thinking about movies that i think will gain that cult status Mm -hmm. over time or that i hope do i want to throw out as a especially as another horror film the movie teeth oh i love that movie <laughs> yes. oh my god that is such a good
0: movie that's a good movie that's yes. a good movie it never got a, a
1: big release or reception i don't think because i only found it because it was on netflix mm-hmm. i happened to watch it one night and i recommended it to so many people uh, i recommended it to my best friend and she ended up watching it one weekend and i started getting texts from her just <laughs> laughing her her ass off Especially, what if you do not know the plot of the movie, the plot of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, especially, I find it interesting this was directed by a man because it has a very feminist take on horror. Yes, it um, does. This young girl is born with a condition called vagina dentata, meaning she has teeth in her vagina that uh, attack when she is assaulted. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> It is amazing. It is. Uh, yes. And that, yes, especially if you're looking for sort of like revenge, uh, horror movie, I highly recommend that one. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's on, it's on HBO right now. Just always oh, it there. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because I, rec- I posted about it the other day. Um, yeah, it's on HBO. So yes, that's, that's an amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing film. So it's for you know, those that really they not
2: have HBO. It's on Hulu. Oh, it is oh, on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Hulu well.
0: cool. Um, cool. I will also, since
1: since I studied film in college, this was actually a movie that I've seen on um, on cult film lists. That was one that we studied as part of our classes. Uh, definitely fits in the category of exploitation films. But I feel like a lot of people may have heard reference to this movie, but do have never seen it. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. It's Todd Browning's Freaks. Oh yeah yes. the one that was made mm-hmm. in nineteen thirty something uh it is about a a group of circus freaks um so it definitely fits in the category of exploitation film because these you know people who are are dwarves or who have uh deformities or born without arms or uh, mm-hmm. you know things like that are definitely a part of the circus freak show and in that sense it's exploitative but if you have heard anything about this movie you might know the line where um, this you know beautiful woman is marrying uh, one of the little people from the circus because he's actually the heir to a great fortune and that's the only reason why she's marrying him but in order to marry him she has to kind of join the group of, of circus freaks and they start chanting at dinner all of the circus freaks we accept her we accept her one Mm -hmm. of us one of us um it's it's an amazing moment in in the movie and i think that everybody should see this and so i'm kind of surprised that it it makes all these cult movie lists and then i find people
0: who haven't seen it so go (laughs) see freaks that's a good one that's a good one to mention too yeah, yeah, because we didn't talk a lot about ones that are really, really old because that's 1932 is when that one came yeah. out. And yeah, that's, but, and, and, and that line, people use it all the time and don't know where it's from. Yep. The one of us, one of, yeah, yeah, yeah. The acceptor.
1: I, I heard them use it in Orange is the New Black once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we accept her, really? one of us, one of us. And I'm like, do you even know where that's from?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Did you have any others you wanted to quickly mention and then
3: we'll move to you, Sasha? Um, I want to throw out two um, non-US, non-English movies. Mm-hmm. So one is a Korean zombie movie called Train to Busan. Yes! Like movie.
1: Yes. Oh
3: um, I'm hoping that reaches cult status. Oh. And then the other one is it's actually, there's two of them and it's uh, Bollywood. It's The name of the movie is Bahu Bali, And it's one of those Bollywood stories. So it's got great song and dance, super colorful. Um, And there's a part one and then there's a part two that go with it. And it's basically kind of almost like a Hercules story, but there's a love story. Um, It's absolutely beautiful. But both of those movies are subtitled. So for people who don't like to read their movies, you're missing out for those of us that like to read our movies they are excellent.
0: That's yeah that's that's great and i've also added um yeah we sh- we should do a whole episode on korean horror and on bollywood and on all sorts of yeah that's yes. that's, that's 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 great. Um and then i'm sorry it, did any it, did rebecca did you have another one you were going to mention there i'm sorry i thought you were going to mention
1: I don't I up there. I don't think so. Okay. I mean,
0: okay. I'm sure that I could list uh, hundreds
1: of movies that I'd recommend for people to, yeah. get to see, but <laughs> I
0: yeah. think
1: if, if I'm sticking to to the one, to the movie that I think is going to be a future <laughs> cult film, probably that, that I would like to see become a, a cult favorite is Teeth. Um, mm-hmm. I actually think that this new Cats movie is going to eventually reach <laughs> cult in the vein of like not even so bad, it's good, it's just so bad, you need to see how bad it is, or... <laughs> Which Susie may not have yeah. me on that, but in musicals that reach cult status, I think that one's got a good chance for it.
2: I have my issues with it, but I do believe that at some point it's gonna reach a um, a cult status, like maybe even further down the line, or maybe even a few years from now. But yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I have read stuff that does make me think there are aspects of it that will make it very, like,
1: culty yes mm-hmm. i think so i could see people in you know five years going to a special screening of cats with cat ears on and you know with their little tins of quote-unquote catnip which may, yeah, or may not be another herb that is legal in colorado <laughs> <laughs> and they're white russians but do you hold the russian
2: yes
0: Great. Well, I actually think this would be a great time to stop right now. Um, It's a great conversation. We could probably go for another like four hours, but I know some of us have to get off. Um, So we'll go around and everybody can introduce themselves and say where they can want to be found if they want to be found. We'll, we'll have Sasha close out first. I don't know if you have to get off right this second. So we'll have you close off first and then go to um, Rebecca and then Susie and back to me. Okay. That's fine. Go ahead, Sasha.
3: Um, Yep. So again, it's Sasha. I am remaining incognito and stealth mode. Eventually, I will give you guys some social media, but not at this point. (laughs) Um, And again, if you have not seen Lock and Key on Netflix, I highly recommend that. That's the only thing I have to plug right now. Okay, cool. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Um, And then Rebecca? Okay, well, if uh, I'm
1: not a very active Twitter user, but if you want to find me there, and talk to me about Monty Python and the Holy Grail or some of the other cult movies that I've talked about today, I am at Rebecca Jacobson on Twitter. And my plug that I think, especially since we've been talking about cult movies uh, today, I would highly recommend that you check out some of my favorite YouTubers who talk about some of these movies, particularly Ryan Hollinger, who specializes in talking about Horror, uh, horror films and analyzing horror movies um, and I also mentioned Matt Baum's Culture Cruise and The Sewers of Paris which uh, The Sewers of Paris is his podcast and Matt Baume's Culture Cruise is the YouTube channel uh, especially check out his episode since we've been talking about Rocky Horror today check, check out his episode about Rocky Horror Picture Show because I think that really sums up how important uh, cult films like this can be particularly to some members
0: of marginalized communities Awesome. Thank you. And then Susie? All
2: right. I will remain a, a compelling mystery <laughs> out there. Um, but one thing I will say that people should give like a watch is Ghost BBC Ghosts and also BBC's Horrible Histories. They're really fun shows with some good comedy. And I think people would really enjoy them if they sought them out. And,
0: uh, yeah, it's kind of it for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Okay. And this is Aaron. I just, um, I'm just going to throw out a movie really quickly that um, some people might think tried too hard to be a cult film, but I think it's one that deserves a watch. And it's a movie called Rubber, and it's all about a <laughs> tire that basically kills people <laughs> and becomes obsessed yes! with a woman. So I highly recommend that. The first few minutes of it, you really do believe the tire is alive. I know it sounds like a ridiculous concept, but that fits with cult movies. So I recommend that one. I just want to throw that out really quickly. Oh my um, goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, but this is Erin, and you can follow, be sure to follow the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. You can email the show at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com emails with any suggestions, feedback, thought, any cult movies you want to shout out, get a mention too. And then be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us. That helps the show get found Um, and be sure to follow us on there as well. Um, and next week we are going to be talking about the show you, um, and in particular, we're going to be focusing on the stocking for love trope that it calls out. So that should be a very interesting one. So tune into that one and until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Thanks guys. <music>